the Sarah Rose story. My name is Glenn Klein. Sarah, what's your story? Hey, Glenn. Good to be here with you today. So the story today is fit sex. Here we go. Talking about how fitness impacts us sexually. Uh, I mean, clearly sex is a physical activity and you want to be in good enough shape to get all optimal results out of it. So yeah. How's your day been? Not fit. Not fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, when we first got on the call and you said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm shoving cold pasta down my throat right now. <laughs> How's that for being fit? <laughs> it was pretty sexy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, man. I was starving and I was like, I got to eat something and I looked around and that was the uh, easiest solution. So, you know, it is what it is. I, I do my best and I think that's that's important uh, mentality to have, right? It's like you can't have perfection all the time and just uh, doing your doing your best and sometimes it's your best is going to be cold pasta. That'd be a great t-shirt right there. <laughs> Cold noodles. <laughs> that just does not sound sexy. Nothing but unhealthy carbs. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. Sometimes I get home from jujitsu and I am starving. And I'm like, literally all I can do is just like shove food down my throat. And pasta does it. Like it fills me up. So, Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's there. It's part of my life. But then, you know, the rest of the time, I'm, I do eat. I do eat really healthy most of the time. How fit does one have to be to be sexually fit? Mm, I mean, there are definitely, like, different levels of it. I'll say that I'm very impressed when I'm with those jujitsu competitor guys. Like, their stamina is ridiculous and i'm just like it's it's very impressive uh and so it pays off you know like really having that athletic type stamina it pays off in the bedroom do you have to have that kind of stamina in order to still be good in bed no but i do notice a difference more important for having a healthy sexual experience for being a sex master or sex stallion the mental aspect or the physical aspect? Mm, definitely both. It's got to be both, you know? It's like anything. You can't really separate it. There's, it's holistic, and that's how I work with guys is in a holistic way, like incorporate, incorporating their mind and their body into it all. So it's both. What would be... Let, let's say that somebody has either never had a regular fitness program or not knowledgeable about it, what would be the best advice you would give uh, to somebody just starting out on a fitness regimen, whether their goal is to be a master of sex or not? Uh, well, I mean, as far as, and there's a couple of different things to look into when you're talking about that. So for building stamina, you want to do like more strength training. Um, cardio is going to make your heart nice and strong, you know, and, um, so 
I think it's really more about having a well-rounded fitness program than just only looking at one particular aspect of it. You've been dealing um, and a lot on the your blogs that, by the way, if you're not signed up uh, for the newsletter, just go to tantricactivation.com and you can get that. And they come out on the regular. Great information. You've been dealing a lot recently with the psyche of men vis-a-vis their penis. And one of the most amazing things that I learned, and I know this from personal experience, is that guys, of course, are concerned about the size of their penis. And it's the visual thing, because most guys are are relatively around the same size. That's why it's an average. Hmm. But it doesn't look that way all the time. And when a guy loses 30 pounds, their dick appears an inch bigger. It's not, but because there's, you know, there's the fat that surrounds uh, the penis and the uh, pubic bone area. That alone, psychologically, is beneficial. Just looking mm-hmm. more virile or more masculine, if you will. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes the cock look bigger, but also it just makes you know the guy look better. Being looking healthy looks better, and it's really about being healthy. Like, yeah, being fit can be sexy but being fit is also healthy i mean you there are definitely people to take you to the extreme and any that you know that extreme may not be healthy either but you know just being a fit healthy person it's attractive like you're if you're working out and you have muscles and your skin is toned and you know your skin is clear and your eyes are bright like it's makes somebody more attractive the pubic bone area is a tremendous tool because women's clitorises are significantly in different positions. And if you have a tight body for a guy, he can get to that clit that's above the entrance of the vulva uh, with his pubic bone. It's, 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 a, it's a major aspect of, uh, of fucking, frankly. Yeah. It is important. We definitely need that. Uh, I actually want a, a new program that I've been wanting to create, and I need to create the space in my life to create this program, but is actually like a fitness program for fucking. And so like giving guys the different thrusting techniques, uh, you know, different things like that. I, I actually incorporate some of the stuff into Man on Fire, but I'd want to do like a video program that guys can purchase similar to sex stallion training or pussyology where they can just go on the site and like buy just the specific videos around being a fitness for fucking. (laughs) uh, I'm excited. It'll hopefully happen this year. And I think we have the name fit fucking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get ads for that one going. (laughs) Should not, should not be a problem. One of the, problems or dangers of course of of fucking while not being fit is you can get hurt yeah you absolutely can and definitely get hurt um you know uh, actually some guy messaged me the other day and said that he broke a cat or burst a capillary on the top of his penis from fucking so much and i was like wow so i mean what he said was that he had been having sex with women for about you know, three and a half hours a day. Um, I don't know how long that had been going on, but I mean, cause I've definitely had sex like that three and a half hours a day, like multiple days in a row with the same guy and he didn't, 
robust capillaries. So I haven't seen that, but um, apparently it happens. At least he didn't break his dick. Well, God, yeah. I mean, that's rough. I have not broken a dick. <laughs> that is a good thing. <laughs> Guys, you don't want to break your dick. Ugh, I can't even imagine. That's just horrifying. My brother-in-law broke his... Well, he didn't do it. His wife did it. My sister-in-law. And he was out of commission for one and a half years. Ooh, what the... F oh, my God. And they had to put him in a splint. <sighs> and my former wife is so competitive that from that point on, she was trying to break my dick. And I would grab her because, you know, on top, the woman obviously is in more control. And I would grab her and bring her. To, I said, and I would literally say this. You are not going to break my dick. And, Dude, how can you even have sex with someone that's trying to do that to you? Well, you're, you guys are all pretty much trying to do it to us one way or another. You know that, right? <laughs> I am not. I'm a dick lover. No, no. You, you are. <laughs> that's why we're listening <laughs> because you are the exception. But all women on a certain level want to emasculate their men on a certain level. I know it's 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 a mostly subconscious, but it's like I the, don't think no, I disagree with all that. All right, let, let, let me let me let me women let, aren't trying to emasculate men. They're trying to they want men to show that they can't be emasculated by them. Yes. There's a difference. Well, there is a difference, but it's it's a fine line. And the difference is that it's women are actually, I think this is a biological imperative, trying to test their men or the, the man to see if they're worthy of their womb. Well, yeah, there's definitely that, right? Because the winner gets the spoils, right? Like, who is the winner? And the who is the one that is worthy of having my my egg like who is the one that is worthy of having my offspring uh you know who is the one that is going to give my offspring the best chance of survival and that's really it what it is it's the survival aspect of it so i you know but when you say like women are trying to emasculate men i think it's more of like they're wanting them to show to prove that they are the top dog like you're the one that is going to give my offspring the best chance of survival yeah i i think that that is a huge aspect of it however Women have been abandoned by men, the responsibility that men had to, within society from day one. And that abrogation has led to a generic fear amongst women that guys are going to abandon them because that's what we have done throughout history. Now, not, th not these particular gentlemen that are listening right now, maybe they have, maybe they haven't, but I'm talking about, we're talking about tens of thousands of years of modern history that we know this is this is what happened women uh considered livestock property so what what happens when we have a corporate fear all men have a fear of a lack of potency or a lack of size again on a continuum and then when you have this fear of abandonment we all try to validate what we're afraid of subconsciously psychologically so as soon as a woman has this guy that she's in the process, they have a term, of course, in the pickup or the dating community uh, called shit testing. 
The women will shit test other men for exactly the reason you said, sir. And so as soon as you, uh, you have that on the one side of the coin, it's like, oh, I'm into this guy. He's confident. He, I feel the connection. There's two sides to every coin. On the other side is how can I get this guy to leave me, to validate my fear that he is going to leave me. The ultimate departure, the ultimate abandonment is death. And so uh, obviously some women have literally lopped off their guy's dicks. Lorena Bobbitt comes to mind. We just, we just we just had a woman here in Florida bite off her boyfriend's dick while he was sleeping. Bite it off. So there's that's on the one end of the continuum on the linear graph. On the other end, you know, it's 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 hardly ever an issue. Certainly consciously for almost all women, but there's still this desire to prove our fear. That's a very human characteristic. We have individual fears. And then we have, we all, but we all pretty much fear death, for example. And so a lot of people, to validate their fear, their maximum fear of it, they kill themselves. And other people are jumping out of airplanes and riding motorcycles without helmets and, you know, competing in jiu-jitsu, shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is obviously it's, it's thrilling to jump out of a plane. People love riding motorcycles. People love competing in jiu-jitsu. There's two sides to every coin. The key, I think, and this kind of gets us back to our topic of fit sex, is to find that balance. Because people literally, I mean, the, the, the fitness industry is there to get people healthy. We know that it's uh, optimal to be fit to have a sexually healthy life, and yet people can literally exercise themselves to death. So you, you got to find that middle ground, that balance. Yeah, yeah. Don't go out there and exercise yourself to death. <laughs> That's not the goal here. The goal is to be fit and healthy. But I mean, to your point with all that, and that's why we do shadow work. Like the Man on Fire program is full of shadow work to bring all, uh, bring up these fears, right? Like, I mean, you say a lot of the stuff that you're saying. I think about in my own life, and it's like, okay, well, maybe at one point I had fears around that, and but you. If, as a person matures, grows, does self-development work, you're able to move through that and not have those same issues anymore. So, I mean, but you're right, like epigenetics, these things are built into our DNA from from what's happened in the past. You know, what women have experienced in the past, current women have the fear of those built into them. In some women, the gene is stronger. It gets turned on in certain situations and not in other people. So you never know like who's really going to react in a certain way in a certain type of environment. Um, but the collective experience is a very real thing. It's not just some you know new age woo woo thing. <laughs> like, it's actually in our bodies um, and our brains. It's part of our bodies. Yeah, for sure. Um, how, did, how did you just put that? You said as you do the internal. No, how did you say that exactly? The shadow work. The shadow work, and you and you you, you even went a little deeper. Um, uh, yeah, like doing doing shadow work, um, just like bringing up stuff from the unconscious and the subconscious, and doing that personal development work. Now, obviously, that speaks to fitness as well, being mentally fit. When guys are out there, or women as well, this, the percentage of people that are doing this work that you and I are engaged in professionally, and we live this, but the percentage of people out there in society is relatively small compared to the overall population. 
How does one begin to recognize, okay, you're working on your own uh, emotional and mental fitness through shadow work, et cetera. How do you start recognizing that right away in others if they're down that path so that basically men and women don't waste a lot of time? Well, yeah, and that the more you develop it in yourself, the more you, the easier you'll be able to sense it in other people. You know, it's just more like when I'm go on a date, which is rare, honestly, because I would rather be doing jujitsu than going on a date at this point in my life. Um, but like when I do, when I'm you know I'll meet up, and typically I can even know before I show up face to face with a guy. Like, where is he coming from? Is he mature? Has he done personal development? Like, is he secure in himself? And if not, then those things definitely show up in, you know, communication. Like, is there depth to what he has to say? Is he able to look me in the eye? You know, is he authentic? Is he sincere? Um, is he, you know, just trying to get me back to his place? You know, so, like, there's, there's definitely ways to, to notice, but it really, for me, it's like, I, I look at the different, these different things, and then it's also the sensation that I have, the feeling that I have about this guy. Yeah, there, these are things you can learn about how to pick up, and then there's just the the gut reaction, mm-hmm. and and you even can learn how to tap into that. It was personal development that that was the phrase. Besides the shadow work, the, there is such a small percentage of people that are developing themselves personally. Most people are just getting up, going to work, shoving some cold pasta in their pie hole, and, <laughs> and going to bed, <laughs> and, 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 and hoping that, and, and hoping they can you know get laid once in a while. Right. Yeah. And that's like, and a lot of people, I mean, there's, there's been a huge self-help type um, wave trend that took place. And, you know, there was some good stuff that definitely came from the self-help movement. Um, But personal development is like a different flavor than self-help. Like self-help, just the, the words, it's like, you need help. And it's not that we don't need help. Like, you know, clearly it's always beneficial to have, can be beneficial to have help, but like, it's almost like putting yourself in a place of lack <laughs> to begin with. Personal development is like, I'm developing these attributes in myself that I desire to have. I desire this for myself and I am developing myself to have these desires. I am creating myself, again, as creating the story for our life. And so when it comes to sexual fitness, like, are you desiring to have amazing hot sex? Are you desiring to have stamina to satisfy your partner are you desiring to you know have a body that looks attractive that you're happy about when you look in the mirror you know these type of things are these your desires then develop yourself in that way and that's like the way that I see the work that I do in the man on fire program it's like these guys come in and they get six months of developing themselves to become the sexual masters that they really desire to be Oh, I, it's it. It seemed like you were going to continue with something there. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was done. Done with my spiel. <laughs> your what? I was done with my spiel. Oh, your spiel. That's a good Jewish word there. 
Shall we dip into the Ask Professor Sarah mailbag right away? Got Let's a do it. Very appropriate question from Brian of Birmingham, Alabama. He says, uh, Sarah, I desire a six-pack. I work out 10 to 12 hours a week and have been doing so for two years. Still cannot see my six-pack. What should I do? Damn. I mean, what kind of workout are you doing to not have a six-pack? And what are you eating? Um, those would be my first two questions. Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty. that's a lot of working out. If I was working out that much and not showing results, I would definitely be doing a different workout. What about so. what about the importance of the food? I, I I've heard it said that eighty percent of getting to your goals and in Brian's case, his goal is to literally physically see a six pack is eating what you eat. Yeah, absolutely. You think but it's that still, high? You're talking ten to twelve hours a week. Like I I think I could eat anything and be working out that much and still see a six pack genetics is a huge thing if you notice this <laughs> some people don't work out at all and have a six-pack other people apparently like brian can work out 10 hours a week and not see a six-pack yeah but i mean is he like i went for you know a walk around the block at like a turtle speed and that's what he's talking about you know working out um go go find a fitness trainer brian I think that's a great idea. I also think there are certain modalities of eating. I mean, you know, people say diets don't work. We're all on a diet of one form or another. And there's uh, there are diets that will burn. This, what do you think about the keto diet or the Mediterranean diet or the intermittent fasting craze that uh, is, is all the rage right now? Yeah, I don't really pay attention to any of them, honestly. Like, for me, it's more I just do my best to eat healthy and make sure that what I'm putting in my body, at least most of the time when it's not cold pasta, is something that is nutritious and beneficial. Um, so, for me, that's the best mentality is just, like, being conscious of what you're putting in your mouth, the especially the cock. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a client of mine, a new client, find out that uh, one of our guests on Sex of the Pews was uncircumcised. And she seemed, in the text to me, was so excited about it, which was, you know, fairly unusual response, unfortunately. But then I talked to her earlier today. She gets so turned on by an uncircumcised penis, which, of course, is fairly unusual in America. It's the norm everywhere else. What 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 say you, Professor? What what is what is your take? Uh, uncircumcised versus circumcised in your mouth? Since you brought it up. <laughs> well, so I mean, I don't necessarily have a preference as far as you know which one I like better. I am always happy to see when a guy has not been circumcised because he's you know he has everything intact and it's just a much more humane way of uh, being you know I feel like it's very inhumane for um, people to circumcise babies. So that is you know it's genital mutilation and so I'm happy to see when a guy hasn't had to go through that experience. Um, but one doesn't turn me on more than the other. I just like cocks. 
Why do you laugh when you say that? <laughs> because it makes me happy. It's <laughs> a very good reason. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Our next letter to the professor says, Professor Sarah. Oh, they're catching on. Professor Sarah. Phil is from Henderson, Las Vegas. He says, my wife is overweight. She knows it. She hates it. But she hates when I bring it up even more. What should my approach be with her? Well, it's definitely not something to bring up with her. I don't think it's going to do any good at all to let her know that you've noticed this. Um, uh, it's just, it's such a sensitive subject. Um, I think weight is somehow even more sensitive than sex. They're both very sensitive subjects. Um, it's difficult. It's really difficult. So, you know, if she's not happy, like maybe you just create ways for the two of you to become more active together, you know, like join a yoga studio with her. Um, not only is it going to help with, you know, getting into shape, but yoga really helps with the mind-body connection. And so the more conscious a person is of their body, the more likely they're going to be wanting to take care of their body by eating healthy foods and you know doing things to keep their body fit and active. So that's really um, a benefit that I've seen in yoga that I haven't seen in other um, other modalities of fitness. So uh, and then also it will help with your flexibility, which is really important for good sex. You definitely want to be very flexible, have good hip movement, things like that. Uh, and it can uh, just help create all sorts of feelings of well-being in your body, and it's a good way for you to to connect with each other. And then after the class, give her a nice massage and uh, connect with that oxytocin bond and enjoy your time together. Phil's already crossed his bridge uh, with saying something to his wife about it, but generally speaking, there is zero upside for a guy to tell a woman she's overweight. She knows it, and it's going to cause nothing but contention in the relationship. Yeah, I wouldn't bring it up again. There's other ways around it. I was dating a beautiful woman. She looked like Halle Berry, actually, but she was she was big. She was a big, uh, black, what do they call them? Big, black, beautiful woman. And I was very attracted to her uh, intellectually, and you know she we, she was good and bad, but it was it was there was a lot. It was a lot to deal with it. But knowing what I just said, I was determined not to say one word about it. And so we, but it was too much on the regular. So we saw each other maybe, I don't know, four or five times a month. And I was very fit at the time and I was working out on the regular. And then one day she told me that she and her son had been in their community's gym. So at that point, she opened the door and I said to her, I said, Kat, would you ever be interested in going on a workout date? And she said, Oh, I would love that. And over the next six weeks, we met three times a week, and she lost. I, it's unbelievable the amount of uh, weight she lost. She, she, she lost like 30 pounds in six weeks, and she wow. was getting fit, and then she got pissed at me. And I, I mean, she, it, she popped me so hard. I was so glad that I had her in the gym training, weight training, 
and I never had anybody get violent with me ever. And she had shown no signs of this. And then she popped me. It's a long story. I won't go into it. And uh, I was really concerned about domestic violence. So I, I just yelled at her to get out of the house, which she did. And we, we, we addressed it later. We, I, I, I ended that immediately. But I was, I, maybe you don't want to go into the gym with your girlfriends, guys, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, I no, totally disagree. No, no, no of, co- of course, of course. No, I know you're kidding. But it's a, great, it's a great way to grow your relationship, strengthen your bond together, have fun. You're working out. You've got those endorphins flowing. There's, you know, all the different uh, hormones are flowing in your body, and you've, you're able to connect with each other in that space. So I definitely recommend recommend um and like doing jujitsu together of course is something i will always promote (laughs) uh go find a jujitsu gym and you know do classes together there it's going to create an oxytocin bond and you know it's a great community of people to be around so there are a lot of ways to get fit together and it's fun fitness is fun Fitness is fun. Especially fit sex. Yeah, I guys, you want to stay away from commenting on your woman's body in any kind of negative way. And But if they open the door, ask them if they would be interested in going to yoga or going for a hike or going to a gym for a date that's, that's yeah but then, i mean i think you can suggest those things like even if she doesn't open the door you know that doesn't have to be a negative thing of like i don't think a woman should take it personally because you've said like hey you want to go for a hike like well of you course know, they can, shouldn't but they're not doing the personal development in the shadow work <laughs> like you are <laughs> you mean shouldn't. you think a woman just because her husband or boyfriend is like wants to go for a hike or you know something go for a walk around the neighborhood i mean if she's getting worked up about that like there's a lot more issues going well on. of course but then we're just talking about this one no there's a lot of issues out there let me tell a you one of, the, of one of the most powerful things you can do guys for your women is buy them food women have a really unique relationship with food and fr- they, women love fried food. If you get your wife or girlfriend some French fries or some oh chicken fingers, that you, you're better off getting your woman chicken fingers than roses. I'm telling you. Or when you're out for dinner, order the dessert. Just just get the get the chocolatiest. If she loves chocolate or whatever the hell she loves, I'm telling you this. It would be more than anything you could do for. Her. And th- that's on the one hand. On the other hand. If she opens the door to hiking or fitness or whatever, walk through that. But yeah, it, it's it's one of the great coaching moves. Get the fried food for your girls. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> well, there's something about the that it's like it's a fun experience. Like it's a it, you, it's almost like being tempted or you know doing something you're not supposed to do right you're like you're not supposed to eat the dessert you're not supposed to eat the fried food and so if you're like out on a date and if this isn't something you want to do all the time because it's not healthy but if you're out on a date and it's like and he's ordering this stuff and he's like oh you know and he, he's like 
doing these things and you're like kind of in the space together like oh we're doing something we shouldn't do then it creates that bond of like you know ah, here we are we're being bad together and it's fun and it creates a fun environment and food should be and can be a lot of fun uh you know you don't like i said you, it's a treat you don't want to always eat like that because then you're going to be paying for it but yeah definitely when you're on a date and yes guys you should be feeding your woman always feed her always pay the bill i know that's not a <laughs> quote modern feminist thing to say but do it it's important when i go out with guys i notice are they wanting to pay the bill i will offer i'm happy to pay the entire fucking bill if that's what i need to pay but i'm also going to think differently about him afterwards right and that's just a, a signal as you were saying earlier at the start of the story, you can pick up on things really quickly, like, for example, exactly what just Sarah just said. The signal that it sends to a woman when you order the dessert or give her uh, chicken fingers is what you're telling her is you're, you're fine just the way you are. You are fine. I like you. I'm attracted to you just the way you are. That builds security in a woman to what? To go further in their fitness. It's, it's, it's an ironic thing. You, you want to uh, show something, fellas, to a woman without saying a word? Pull her chair out for her at the table. Open the car door. Open the door to the restaurant when you're walking in. Guys don't do that shit anymore. And it's I was at a dinner party last night, and uh, it was uh, nobody at the table was a couple. Um, everybody there, there were there were people that were in relationships there, but none of them had their significant other with them. And uh, it was a really wonderfully led dinner party. But one of the nice things was the women were all served first, and women took the first bite. And, you know, that's just something that you don't often see anymore. And it's like, with equality, so much of... Um, just manners have been lost exactly. you know and it's like we can have equality it's not like any of the women at the table felt like they were better or less than because they were taking the first bite it was just some the symbology the mannerism and it just you know it makes things feel different it makes things feel a bit more special um and, and that's a good thing. It's good to feel special. Uh, clearly, there will be women out there that will disagree with me on this, and that is totally fine. It's a big world with a lot of opinions, and they're all entitled to it. This is a Sarah Rose story, so I get to e say my opinion. Exactly. Well, they, they can get their own goddamn <laughs> podcast. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> I 100% agree with you. I am the biggest fan of women on the planet, at least tied for first, Women, I think, are superior, but they're at least equal with men. But they're not the same. There's a huge difference between being equal and the same. And, of course, these are general ter terms. With equality, chivalry went out the window. Okay, you guys want to be equal? Well, try this on for size. This is what we've been dealing with all, all this time. Fuck that shit. Really. It, you guys, back in the day, you know what they did? I talk about in the days when women were considered property of men. If a woman walked into the room, all the men would stand up out of politeness. Mm -hmm. Men would tip their hats to uh, the women. Right. 
if you do anything like that, because it's almost non-existent anymore, fellas, if you do anything that's chivalrous at all, you're going to stand out. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say that if I have to choose between, you know, paying for my own meal and having equality or not having equality <laughs> and not paying for my own fucking meal, I'll pay for my my own goddamn meal and I'll be single till the day I die. And I'd be totally fine, but I would choose that over what women have had to deal with in the past. Oh, so. Of course. <laughs> but what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be like that, right? It's like, not a zero-sum game. Exactly. What? I've said it's not a zero-sum game. You, you you can be equal and women. I think women are really special. And I don't think the guys that are, li- well, I hope the women think this too that are listening to the show. But if you want to do well with women, if you want to be a sex stallion, if you want to be a, a master of sex, you a man on fire, you might want to consider these things because it works. It does. Yeah. And it's, there's something to romance and like just kindling romance. And it's something that's been so lost, but, but why? Like romance is a beautiful thing. It's fun. It's something that just lights people up, brings them to life, you know, and like the art of romance has really been lost. And part of romance is paying for the meal, pulling out her chair, opening the the door for her things like that it's just it's kindness it's kind gestures it shows that you're a gentleman it shows that you have interest in her and it's it's something that i hope and that i i really do hope will come back um at least in certain certain circles you know to each their own yes no doubt about it uh we've got another fitness-oriented question here from Tom. He's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He says, Sarah, I am not happy with the size of my dick. Should I engage in dick enlargement exercises? Um, well, I mean, just be careful with them because you want to, you know, just make sure that you don't end up hurting yourself. Um, I have definitely had multiple guys in the man on fire program report back to me that their girlfriend or wife has told them that their dick has gotten bigger by doing the practices that I give them. And so the ones that I give are all very safe and healthy and, you know, not going to cause any type of injury. Um, so yeah, it can, you know, it's definitely something that you can look into. Um, there's not any guarantees that you'll be able to. Uh, like Glenn said, just by losing weight is going to help the appearance of it. Um, but also, like, the size of the cock is one thing, but also, like, the strength of your erection is important. Um, like, if a guy has a really firm cock, like, that makes a difference as well. And so, um, practices that I give guys help with uh, increasing blood flow in there, helping their cocks be nice and strong and firm. Um, so, there's there are a lot of different ways to go about it. Um, and then, of course... There's so much more to you than um, your cock when it comes to sex. So really being very well versed in how to use your hands, how to use your mouth, how to use toys, things like that are going to go a really long way. Penis health, though. Penis fitness is really important. And, oh, it is. And bl- bl- Absolutely. Just, fitness, 
positively affects blood flow, which affects strength of erections and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, erectile dysfunction is prime, like traditionally been characterized as um, cardiovascular, right? And so, like, it's um, it's appearing in younger and younger guys, but there is some conflict uh, within you know medical communities as far as like is it being diagnosed correctly because traditionally it hasn't been seen in guys until around the age 50 and now they're saying like why is it happening guys that are younger and is it something other than actually uh, actual erectile dysfunction um and so so there's you know the these different aspects of what's going on but really like having a healthy body is going to help to keep your cock firm hard stronger erections longer um be able to last longer in bed just have the stamina to keep having sex uh and you know it just all ties in together you mentioned earlier that at this point of your life you would rather do jujitsu than go on a date (laughs) why why do you think your form of fitness has taken such a priority over dating I well so it's a few things um I feel really safe when I am with my teammates and when I'm in my jiu-jitsu community it's a very safe place um I feel respected I feel loved um and it's you know it's a really great positive community and because we're rolling together we've got these oxytocin bonds right that are like connecting us to each other so really like love develops between um people that do jujitsu together that's why we're like uh, it's it's a family and oftentimes um going on a date i don't necessarily feel safe so if i am going out to meet somebody for the first time like the reality of being a female going on a date meeting somebody especially like if i met him on a dating app I'm screenshotting um, our entire conversation, all his photos. Um, I don't give my my phone number out, um, but I will want his. Um, I will uh, my location will be given to somebody, and I will you know give all this information to a third party, one of my best friends, before I even go out and meet somebody. And guys don't have to. Think about that type of thing when they go on a date. Like they can just go show up, you know. But I have to be careful. Like I'm watching, making sure nothing is put in my drink, making sure I don't drink too much, so that I'm staying aware of my circumstances and don't put myself in a compromised position. So it's a lot of fucking hassle to go on a goddamn date. <laughs> like most of the time, it's just not even worth it, um, you know. And then. There's often the pressure from the guy of going back to his place. Um, And it's not that I don't want sex. It's not that I'm not happy to hook up, but it's more of a safety issue. And it's just a very unfortunate reality of what women have to deal with. I mean, and I'm talking as somebody who is trained in jujitsu. Like, I know how to defend myself, and I still think like this. What percentage of women do you think don't think like that? even though they should. Mm, I mean, I think a lot of women do. 
it's just part of our reality. Something very important for guys to know because, as you said, men don't have to deal with this emotionally or uh, psychologically. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. So, so yeah, I'd rather go jujitsu, have fun with my buddies, roll, you know, get like uh, jujitsu actually like satisfies a lot of the same physical sensations that we have during sex you know like i can leave feeling ju- leave leave jujitsu and feel like i've not that I'm, I'm not saying that it's like sex because it's not sexual but it's just like there's so much um of the same sensations that can be met and that it satiates me and it's like i don't i don't need to go fuck after that and most of the time i'm just exhausted and sore and Probably wouldn't want to fuck anyway. <laughs> and so concludes another rendition of Storytime with Sarah. <laughs> but, but, but you know, that's really true, though. I mean, so much of what is happening to us physiologically in sex is happening when you exert yourself physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it's like for, for sex, for me to really have sex that is satisfying, uh, it's, I, I want elevated sex. Like I want to be with somebody who's really good in bed. I don't want to just go fuck just for the sake of fucking. Like I want somebody, I want to be having sex with somebody that knows what they're doing and, I'm training these guys <laughs> because these guys are rare. That's <laughs> like, exactly. why I do what I do. <laughs> raising your own stable of, of ponies, if you will. <laughs> Let's go, boys. Get with us. <laughs> Creating an entire world full of sex stallions <laughs> so that way I have plenty to choose from. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's There's, you know, it's self-motivation and self-interest. It's completely selfish <laughs> endeavor that I'm on here. <laughs> called capitalism <laughs> adam smith <laughs> look it up look him up the father of the free market well spe- <laughs> speaking of the free market uh a good friend of yours has come up with a great idea uh named well ironically aaron H- hickok that, that's a hell of a name <laughs> you have to deal with your whole life but she, she developed a, a program called you know, you guys know the game. Uh, what's it called? Cards, uh, cards against humanity, right? Mm-hmm. And have, have you ever Which played? is, by the way, I love that game. I have so much fun playing that. What do you think? It's it's such a dark game. Yeah, but I like the dark. No, no but no, but I, I was gonna say, <laughs> there's something wrong with somebody that doesn't like dark humor. I don't know what it is, but I th- there's there's something amiss if somebody can't laugh at the other side of the human experience. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think. Anyway, Cards Against Humanity is fun. My my former wife doesn't like Cards Against Humanity, by the way. So that, that <laughs> that's just a, a little clue. But in any case, um, so she, but she came up with Cards for Humanity, and there's not no, not your former wife, Aaron. No, Aaron. Yes, Aaron Hickok. <laughs> Your, your ex-wife did not like Cars Against Humanity, so she created Cars for Humanity. No, she doesn't like that. She just pretty much... That's, that's not the story we're trying to get across she here. Pretty Aaron much Hickok just, is my friend, yes. and Aaron created Cards for Humanity. Yeah, she, yeah my, my girl pretty much just doesn't like humanity, for or against. But anyway, no, she's great. I love her to pieces. But anyway, uh, so explain what Cars for Humanity is, and then specifically 
the thing that ties into the Sarah Rose story so beautifully. Yeah, so Erin is a dear sister of mine. I have known Erin a very long time. She's a beautiful human being, really has a heart for humanity, hence creating these cards, and she's doing a lot of good on the planet. Um, so definitely check her uh, website out, cardsforhumanity.com. Uh, and specifically, so she has several different decks of cards. And my favorite, of course, is the Let's Talk About Sex deck. That kind of rhymed there. Let's yeah. talk about sex decks. Sex. So, so how does the Let's Talk About Sex deck work? So, okay, so you just... Um, she created it based on the chakra system. So there's going to be seven different colors of cards, one associated with each chakra. And um, I don't honestly, I don't know exactly how she created questions based on each of the chakras, but I know she really thought it out and, and did that. Um, but I just like that it's good prompts for talking about sex. So it is something that you can, you know, have with you if you're like with a group of friends and you want to play a card and um, do you want to play it with your girlfriends? Like, oh, it helps, you know, just like, oh, let's play this. Let's try this. And it just helps to open up conversation, make these things more um, easily accessible, not as awkward and weird to talk about. Shall we play a hand or two? Let's do it. All right. So this is Let's Talk About Sex from Cards for Humanity uh, from Aaron Hickok. And I'm going to pick a... I'm going to pick a purple one. I wonder what the purple chakra represents. Well, purple would be the crown chakra, um, which would traditionally be thought of like access to um, the cosmos. It's like the most elevated of the chakras. Uh, it's the one that's like the highest energy, um, most spiritual, the one of, you know, deepest awareness and consciousness. So let's see what card she associated with that. It's not a question. It's a, a fill in the blank. Okay. And it says, my definition of sex is blank. You want to go first? No, thank you. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, no I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, my definition of sex is the process of producing life and pleasure. Pretty good, huh? Mm-hmm. So... What if eating food produces pleasure? Is that sex? Oh, we're turning the table here. Now you're asking the questions. Well, I'm, no. Well, I'm just thinking about your your I, answer. I, I think everything is about sex. Yes, it's 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 sex. It's everything it's, it's everything I, can be. Yeah, for sure. yeah. I mean, I you take anything in life. And if you have your attitude and your understanding and your perspective right sexually, you can apply it to anything in life. So, yes, food is sensual. There's smells. It can be either healthy or unhealthy, just like fucking, if you will. Yes. Produces. Right. The de the, I, to me, that's a great definition of sex. And the healthiest sex is when you're producing life and pleasure. 
Yeah, it's just like going through life, making love, like making life, making love with all of creation. All of life is an orgasmic experience. It's very tantric. Yes, dude, I saw John Mayer make love to 50,000 people, obviously men and women and other identified genders at Wrigley Field, playing with Dead and Company, him and his guitar, literally causing waves of ecstasy amongst 50,000 other people. It was incredible. Mm, and it was sex. Beautiful. It was sexual, but it was just it was a concert. Yeah. What is uh, what is the professor's definition of sex? Professor's definition of sex. Yeah, I mean it really is very similar like I said, making like everything in life is making love. Um and like I have truly experienced with Tantra, like how everything can be an orgasmic experience. Like there can be ecstasy on the tip of your tongue, brimming from the crown of your head, like bursting from the soles of your feet uh, in every moment. And with that, you don't need to have intercourse. Like intercourse can be amazing and you don't have to have it to have that same sexual satisfaction. And when you think about it, what is the definition of intercourse? It's not just about the procreative process. Right now, those that are listening to this podcast are intercoursing with Professor Sarah and yours truly. We're intercoursing with each other. You take a healthy attitude, a person who is doing the shadow work, who's got personal development going on, who has an understanding that everything is about making love to yourself and to your fellow sojourners here. That's a pretty good definition of sex right there, I think. So we're all having sex right now. Some are having it better than others. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having it pretty damn good. Yeah, I believe that about you. Uh, okay, this one, this card looks like it is, I want to say maroon, but it might be like chartreuse or red. Probably the red one. All right, it's red, just flat out red. So red is associated with the root chakra, which would be in women, the cervix, in men, the perineum. It could also be the anus. Uh, it's associated with safety, um, just really grounded earth energy. It's just that root of who we are. It's, um, yeah, it's just like that uh, primal aspect of us. The statement needs to be completed on the red card is a mind-blowing sexual experience was blank. Hmm. One that really stands out for me was, um, so I, when I first had sex with the guy that I would end up learning Tantra with, uh, the very first time that we had sex, I will always remember because it was a moment of like just mind blowing, coursing energy through my body. And I just remember thinking like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it was incredible. 
How important and pivotal was that moment to get you motivated to the direction that you went on and are still on? Oh, yeah. I mean, that is really why I'm here today, doing what I do. How do you describe to people what you do when they ask you? What do you do? We always <laughs> ask that. At that dinner party, somebody said, what do you do? Yeah, so I'm a men's sex coach. I've got my whole, whole spiel there. There's that word again. <laughs> good, good word, spiel. Uh, I know. It's like really coming out today for some reason. Uh, you must be bringing it out of me. So, yeah, I'm a men's sex coach, certified sex, love, and relationship coach with a uh, specialization in Tantra and men's sexuality. Uh, I work with men to help them be advanced lovers and sexual masters and uh, then they say well what do guys usually come to me for goody for and like well typically the top issues that men seek out help around are erectile dysfunction premature ejaculation delayed ejaculation porn addiction and she doesn't want to have sex with me anymore so those tend to be the top five pain points that guys have so i do a lot of work with guys in around those areas but what i teach goes so much far beyond that really helps them in their own personal development really helps them to be um, fully rounded sexually embodied human beings um, and most people have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, but that's fine. <laughs> when you, you don't get it, go, go that deep initially, you meet somebody, let's say you're at a bar and it's, you're having a pleasant cocktail and you're just conversing and some woman comes up to you and she says, hi, my name is Sandra. And uh, you say, hi, I'm Sarah. What do you do, Sarah? What, what's your initial first foray into explaining what you do uh, i'm just like i'm just i'm a sex coach <laughs> do you say do you, do you say it like that i'm a sex coach <laughs> yeah i mean it's to the point like i'm so over answering the question honestly <laughs> like, all right here i go for another interview <laughs> but but i would imagine as you get into the details of what you just said about what you do i'll bet you especially women open up to you like you know like incredibly and uh, yeah, men and women both do. When you get a chance to go into that kind of detail, and when women are so impressed, because you know it's one thing to say I'm a sex coach, because immediately people, because of our fucked up religious society, go to something that's naughty versus something that's so holistic and beautiful and and healthy, and 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 you talk about fit sex. After they, if they don't go there. What are the things that the women connect with of those things that you just said about the complaints that you're, they're getting from their men? What's the number one thing women say to you? Uh, well, because premature ejaculation is so prevalent, that's something that a lot of women um, struggle with as well. You know, I mean, the struggle, they struggle along with the guy, like, because the guy, it's really hard on the guy, but it's hard on the woman too, you know, and so a lot of times they'll confide in me about that. Um, 
And also just wanting guys to know how to give them orgasms better, like understanding their body, like knowing how to find their clitoris and making them squirt and giving them, you know, the deeper vaginal orgasms as well. Uh, but they always thank me. <laughs> They're so grateful for the work that I'm doing. The dinner party I was at last night, the women were like, thank you so much for doing this work. It is so needed. So that's nice. I think that's more than nice. It must be very affirming and 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 um, not not just affirm, reinforcing what you do and how hard you work at it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It's nice to have. It is nice to have that because I work very very hard, and it feels feels good to have the people saying thank you. Who do you think gets affected more psychologically, the man or the woman, with premature ejaculation, or which is uh, general erectile dysfunction. Uh, well, psychologically, I think it's the guy. Like, he really gets wrapped up in his head about it. But I will say from the female perspective, you know, being with guys that have experienced both, like, I know for me, like, after it's happened once, then I'm, like, worried that it's going to happen again. And I'm, like... Definitely not wanting to make a big deal about it. And so I'm, you know, being super cool. And, you know, so it affects both parties psychologically. If you, but um, any women that are listening, don't make a big deal. It's just going to make it worse. And, and not only that, but know this, ladies, it's not you. It's not you. I mean, that's the thing. Like, we expect somehow that our bodies are just robotic, that they're always going to respond in the same way every single time. And it's just not the reality. You know, this is a human body having different experiences. And, um, you know, it's like with a woman, she isn't going to get wet every single time. She isn't going to orgasm the same way every time, or she may not orgasm that time at all. She, you know, some days she's going to want to have sex and other times she isn't. And so, you know, if a guy has, you know, different issues or different things happen on different days, it's just what's going on in his body. If you want to continue your personal development, if you want to be sexually fit, if Sarah never wrote the book, Fit Fucking, there's enough information available right now at tantricactivation.com to take care of it and you forever. <laughs> I mean, between yeah. the sex stallions and the man on fire and the pussyology and the, the, the you're, you're doing this uh, February 1st uh, seminar. What, explain to the fellows what that's all about. Yeah, I'm super excited. So it is February 1st uh, from 12 to 4 p.m. Central Time, uh, doing four-hour call where we're going to, you know, just open up the floor. You guys can talk to me, ask whatever questions you want. I'm there to answer questions and also lead you through different practices. Uh, I will record it so that way you can receive it afterwards and have the practices to do on your own time. So you're going to get a lot of value. Um, I priced it super cheap. It's only 250 bucks for the whole four hours. So grab your spot now. And it's not on Super Bowl Sunday. We're happy to report. It's not on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> Change the date. <laughs> flexibility, very important. Fit sex. I'm telling you that right now. Got to be flexible. <laughs> <laughs>
Send your questions for the Ask Professor Sarah mailbag segment to hello at tantricactivation.com. And uh, we also would love to hear about possible topics that you want to cover besides specifically questions you have for the professor and also uh, possible guests. We sh- you should get uh, Erin Hickok on here maybe sometime. Oh, yeah. Erin would be great. She's we've, we've actually done a lot of collaborations together in the past, like Facebook Lives and events and all sorts of things. So I'll definitely get Erin on here. We appreciate you listening from all over the world. And Sarah... Thank you for sharing your story. All right. Thanks, Glenn.